Well, no, I'm not as ready as you might suppose. I am. <laughs> I think you're so, exactly as ready as I yes, suppose you are. Okay, yeah, good point. <laughs> well, are you right? Well, someone just came. I, why do people try and sell me stuff at the door when the very first thing I say to them when I open the door is, I never buy stuff at the door? And they go, oh, no, we're not selling you stuff. And then they give you a brochure. <laughs> They're lying. <laughs> well, I know. And I don't know how to tell them to bless off nicely. And I don't, most, nobody does that job because they want to, do they? I wouldn't have So you can't so. be nasty to them. No, exactly. But I just think I'm too welcoming, Joe. That's well, my problem. Well, I think it's also biblical to call down fire and brimstone upon them. So I like that. I'll try that next <laughs> try time. Try that next time and see if they still want to stay. <laughs> They'll still try and sell me double glazing after that, I should think. Welcome, everybody, to episode 127, as I've corrected it on the running order. Whatever. 127 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. Yes. Me am Nick Page. Me am Joe Davis. <laughs> Still. Uh, yeah. So. It'd be surprising if we changed. Um, yes, there we are. How are you, my friend? Are you all right? Yeah, all right. Hey, I saw uh, the fabulous James came down to see me in Worthing, all the way from Carshalton, I hasten to add. So that was nice, podcast listener. Uh, okay. And actually, those of you who are, you know, steeped in mid-faith crisis history may recall an email or two from him. And then uh, I am meeting with the lovely Sarah this week. Oh, another podcast listener. I must be approaching the 17 mark. I think I've nearly met with everybody. Do these people, when they come and visit you, yeah. do they buy you drinks? No, not really. Because I wondered whether that was the ploy that you were playing here. Well, no, sometimes they might buy me breakfast or something. Oh, that sounds good. Which is very nice. More than I would. <laughs> yeah, I know it is. <laughs> Excellent. So that's good. Well, yeah. you're such a pastor. You really are a complete pastor. <laughs> Thank you. I think people have said that or something similar many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they said, look at that utter pastor. <laughs> they <over> have. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, I, just, I mean, what was great last week was doing so much swimming in the sea. That was lovely. Getting out on the paddleboard, being in nature. The weather is odd, isn't it? You can now swim without going in the sea. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, so I wet. Know. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's one or the really other. Really strange. Yeah. yeah, true. But, no, it's all it's all good. Um, I'm looking forward to a little break um, coming up soon. So that'd be good. Yeah, we need to talk about that. We will talk about that in a minute. But how are you? What's happening? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm a bit tired. Uh, went to the Ashmolean Museum the at the weekend, which has reopened. Ooh. And uh, the Rembrandt exhibition there, which was oh, fantastic. yes. Amazing. Yes. Young Rembrandt. It's all about how he how he became the artist that he, he eventually became. And oh, it's just astonishing, mm. you know. He was very, very good with a pencil. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he knew what he was doing. Surprisingly good. I don't... I'm I'm not brilliant on art, but I went to see a couple of Rembrandts, I think, at the National Galleries. And they're just... You just cannot get over the lighting, can you? The no. whole way that works. Oh, man. And it's so vibrant. How do you make paint so 
I, I don't know. I'm just in awe of it. It's amazing. Well, it was quite. It was quite good. I think the thing about him that you notice is that he just loved people. He was really interested in people. Mm. So he, kept, you know, a lot of his subjects in the Young Rembrandt exhibition are old people because he just found old people really fascinating. That's and, interesting. And he would choose certain subjects to paint, biblical subjects, just so he could paint old people. It seems to me not because it was a particularly mm. interesting subject in itself. I, I just think that's what makes him such a great artist that he really. In the same way that Van Gogh really understood and loved colour, mm. he really loved people. You know, anyway, mm. it was great. I uh, loved it, and it was lovely having the museum open again. It was really a bit odd because you had to wear masks and you know that you had to book a time and yeah. appear at a time. But actually, it was quite good because it meant the place wasn't crowded at all. So now, that was good. I forget how much you love art. In fact, I have been round the National Gallery, haven't I? The Tate. When uh, I'm with yes. you and lots of Americans and you getting very excited about art. Yes. That was a good thing. Yes, that I do. a good thing. Yeah, no, well, yeah. okay. Uh, so let's come back to the admin thing here that's happening. This, uh, I don't recall you putting in a, a leave form. No. A request form for annual leave here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I would have expected one. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. So I may have omitted to tell you that... Uh, <laughs> For quite some time, I've been planning a bit of time off. Not going A it. bit of time off. Yeah, well, just, just the first, you know, two, let's say three weeks of September. Not actually going anywhere, heaven forbid, but, you know, it's a, it's a staycation. The only slight spanner in the works, I have to admit, is no sooner had I agreed and told, you know, necessary bodies, except you, that I was taking three weeks off. Last one to know. When I get it, yeah, obviously. Always the last to know, um, mm-hmm. as Saint Delamitri said. Um, when, <laughs> when when I get a text from my neighbour saying, "Oh, by the way, the building work starts next week," this was not the text I was hoping for. Uh, the no. knocking down. Well, he's they're having building work. They're having building work down. They're knocking down walls and you know rebuilding kitchens and doing all sorts of things. So, okay. excellent timing on my part, I think. <laughs> yes, so I'm assuming that you having the first three weeks of September off means just you'll have more time to podcast. Is that? <laughs> is that? Or have I mis? Have I misinterpreted things? Well, I was sort of thinking possibly not. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think we need a break. No. So what we're saying is there'll be no podcasts for the first three. That weeks is basically what we're saying. Yeah, no, we're yeah. Going, I'm just taking a break. I think I sense a long. A long winter in the store and just felt the need to recharge the batteries. So lots of days out, lots of times in nature, around beautiful Sussex. Um, yeah. So, Great. yes, that's that's what's happening. But may I say, hmm. um, one thing that does bring me life uh, and, you know, restores the batteries and just faith and joy in life generally is just the lovely emails from listeners and especially when those listeners bother to come down and see me. And by the way... Mikasa Tukasa, you're always welcome in Worthing, humble <laughs> listeners. If there's any left that haven't been down yet, which I don't know that there are, but if there are any, um, you know, you're always welcome in these parts, not necessarily in the first three weeks of September, but outside of those times. <laughs> I'd just lo- drop in any time in the first lo- three weeks of September, just drop in. He's 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 <laughs> he's always open. No, no. His cusser <laughs> is your cusser. Anyway, yes. But I uh, would love to buy you breakfast, so there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I might drop in myself. Well, okay. do you? There's always an open invite for any of the page household, particularly. That's true. 
the lovely people. In that case, I think I'll send the others. Oh, great. I'll get a bit of peace on me. Well, that's a win-win because I would prefer that. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Anyway, shall we get on? Shall we? Shall we? Well, then, without further ado, once upon a time, we had an email from a lovely listener called Emma who said this. Hi, Joe Nick. I've been very much enjoying the podcast as I continue to work through my mid-faith crisis. Thanks for your definitions of the good news and all the great conversations uh, which have spring up around the topic, which I've enjoyed. There is a topic which particularly troubles me and which I don't think you've touched on yet. I haven't listened to all the episodes, so forgive me if I'm wrong. Well, you are wrong, Emma, actually, well, but don't, yes, don't yes. worry about it. That's don't just... come back when you've listened to every episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she says it's one I'd love to hear more about. My faith background is an interesting one from Roman Catholicism in childhood through evangelical charismatic Protestants. I can't even say Protestantism to I'm not sure what one of the turning points for me. Yeah, I knew you'd like that. (laughs) One of the turning points for me when I left the Catholic Church was a revelation that God is active in every day, not consigned to ancient times. I embraced the ministry of the Holy Spirit, miracles, prophecy, healing, speaking in tongues, etc. I was taught and believed that we should literally do as Jesus did. I think I still do believe that. The problem is that I've been taught to expect much, but have experienced little. I have heard of many miraculous healings, but it's always a friend of a friend or could easily be explained in more psychological terms. I've been schooled in the the ways of prophecy in the vein of John Wimber, New Wine, etc., but seen little in the way of mature discernment from Christians when handling the prophetic. Most prophecy that I've encountered seems to me little better than fortune-telling or astrology, although possibly with better motives. Very few of the more specific prophecies over my own life have come to pass. I have never witnessed a miracle. All of this leaves me with huge questions on top of my other questions about the Christian faith. I found a lot of comfort in contemplative practices, but I still have a nagging conviction that all this is really missing the point when I should be out there healing the sick, raising the dead and performing miracles. I feel stuck because none of the thinkers who address my other questions about scripture seem to engage with this one. Any thoughts? Blessings, Emma. Well, um, if I could say straight away... uh, Yes, I think you should be out there healing the sick, raising the dead, and performing miracles, Emma. Just, just say that straight away. Just get okay. on with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Don't you do huh. that? What's huh. the matter with you? Call yourself a Christian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, I don't think we ever have talked about prophecy. I'm I... trying to remember an episode when we have. Have we? I don't. Well, I sort of feel we've maybe, maybe not specifically. Well, the trouble is, after 127 episodes, we've talked about most things, but you know, I can't remember specifically. Do okay. You? Um, okay. And I think that is true. I think I, I don't want to start by distinguishing those two things, actually, but d- distinguishing yeah. sort of miracles and prophecy. And yeah, okay. Two, well, let's start with miracles. Aspects. Yeah, okay. So starting with miracles, can, can, may I recommend an excellent book on this very subject, The Badly Behaved Bible? Um, is it on miracles? This was a <laughs> super... Do I talk about miracles? Well, you don't it? talk about miracles, <laughs> but I, what I want to say about that is miracles are signs. And, yeah. um, and I think the interesting... You know, they are signs pointing to something else. So, you know, those that want to take every every miracle literally, fine, take it literally, but at least probe and investigate what's the mm, sign. Okay. What's the sign? So if it's a, a if it's a miracle where Jesus is healing a blind person, you, you know, you might want to ask yourself, okay, so Jesus gives sight to people. What does it mean for me to have sight? What what am I not seeing? And all those sort of questions. They're just, just mm, useful mm. things to delve into. Um I think the other thing 
that I want to say about miracles, or that I've noticed, is in an age where everyone has a mobile phone, and even in poorer countries, to be fair, there are a lot of mobile phones around, I don't seem to hear of so many healing crusades now. Because <laughs> all that's got to happen, all that's got to happen is you just got to post it on YouTube. You know, you think, mm. or, you know, to a media site. And it will get, you know, if if you see someone who's blind receiving their sight that's that's gonna that's gonna trend it's gonna be big if you if you see someone's leg someone who's got one leg suddenly have two legs and go around jumping and praising god you you know someone's gonna film that and they're gonna put it up and it's it's gonna be a great thing so mm, uh i i put that to you just as a comment really and i don't feel there are so many big healing crusades around possibly because everyone at those healing crusades has mobile phones i don't know um well i think that's a very good point um i think that uh, there's a few things i'd say about this i mean yeah. firstly sort of um the, yeah the miracles in in the new testament the miracles in the bible are always about more than just healing actually they're all about their yeah. healing in the bigger sense they're about yeah. restoration to the community there's all kinds of things yeah. going on so you can read them in a number of ways uh and and you know, different people, I suppose, might have different views on historicity of certain things, but I, I tend to take those as read, certainly the New Testament ones, because I think one of the ways that Christianity grew, one of the reasons it grew, was because it was so associated with, with miracles, with, with people mm. getting healed. And this in a time when they didn't have any understanding of the sort of pathology of disease or anything mm. like that. They didn't know how it happened. Mm. Uh, and yet there were clearly it's clearly that that was associated with Christians, that these things happened. Mm. So I think I think that's something we have to come to terms with or have to look at. I think miracles do happen. Um, and the reason I think this is because mm. actually there is reasonable attestation to them. So I think I might have talked about this before. Um, at Lourdes, the, which is not, not the cricket ground, Mm. Although that is a place of is, worship. It is a hallowed ground, yeah. And healing. <laughs> uh, although often despair as well. Um, at Lourdes, uh, in France, you know, where the, 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 the shrine yeah. or whatever they go. Thinking. They actually have a whole setup there um, to analyse whether what has taken place is genuinely a miracle or not. And, it, and right. it's much more rigorous than we think. So they have a panel at Lourdes who decide whether the case is, yeah. is is miraculous. But they can't make that final decision either. The case then goes to a panel in Paris of doctors and various other people who then make the decision on whether it counts as a miracle. And and a huge amount, the, the vast yeah. uh, majority of these are just thrown out. They're not. Yeah. They're not. But some aren't. Yeah. Some aren't. So I think there is documentary verifiable point of the inexplicable let's just put it that yeah, way yeah i think i prefer i mean i want to help emma here and and emma in the traditional sense of what is normally meant by miracles in in evangelical churches i just i just want to state for the record i don't want to be unpopular with people but i i don't i don't think they happen anymore i don't not in that sense not in the sense of the miracles that jesus did personally um but how I dodge this question is I say I do believe in miracles because I think the whole darn thing's a miracle. 
I mean, the whole cosmos, everything, everything. It's a miracle I'm alive. It's a miracle that so many cells in my body have died today and yet new ones have been born. And so I'm still living in this present moment. I think the body is an extra... The more I find out about the body, the more I find out about the cosmos, the more I find out about nature and the wonder of ecology, the more I think this whole thing is miraculous. And you know what? Sometimes the body does extraordinary things. And for reasons that doctors cannot tell you, some people just... They, they have cancer. The cancer just goes. And, you know, I think we can legitimately say that's a miracle. What we can't do is conjure up those miracles, I don't think. But, but I you think know, that's we, what exactly what I was trying yeah. to say. Well, you so said I'm it, saying... Yeah, OK. I said it what? You probably said it better than me and I wasn't listening. No, no, no. I, 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 hadn't, quite, I hadn't quite finished when you jumped in with the whole <laughs> nature is a miracle and we're all one and look at the clouds, isn't it? Lovely bit. But, you know, I think, I, I think miracles do happen. Yeah. Inexplicable healings do happen. I think they're yeah. very rare. Yeah. In our culture. Yeah. What I'm, but but I think they do happen. And I've seen I think stuff that I would say was answer to prayer. But of course, it raises a huge amount of problems. Just that. Oh, yeah, you does. know that doesn't. And so I don't. I don't know. I don't have any kind of systematized mm. version. And I'm very suspicious of people who are kind of selling miracles like that. Oh yeah. I think in terms of. Other cultures, it, what I'm interested in at the moment, and this is quite a thing I'm trying to think about at the moment, actually, because I had a conversation with friends a while back who were talking about things they'd seen in India yeah, and in other parts of the world where the miraculous is much more real to these people. And mm. uh, again, I, I, I don't know. What I'm trying to do is, is put aside my cynicism and my scepticism a bit and I, I suppose I wonder whether sometimes whether the miraculous isn't cultural. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You know, whether it isn't at fact places where they don't have what we have. I mean, what do mm. you know? What do I need the miraculous for most of the time? I don't need the miraculous. Yeah, most you've, of the time. you've got, got paracetamol. Hospitals. Yeah. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there's a lot of other people, and and it could be all kinds of causes going on in their lives, but but could be solved in one way or another. But something happens. The body okay. happens, or God yeah. happens, or the spirit, I, I don't know. I do wonder whether that's the case. And I wouldn't mm. want to close my mind to those things because I just hear about them all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose I, I, I fear that pastorally, if you believe, if you don't want to say, oh, no, there are no such things as miracles anymore because, you know, you feel like you're denying God's power, you're feeling it's unfaithful or you're not, you don't have mm. enough faith or whatever. Mm. If you want to say, no, there is a what it does is it sets you up for this enormous sense of failure because Jesus said, ask anything in my name and yes, you will receive. Yes. Now, I have asked things in Jesus' name and I clearly haven't received, so I must be a bad Christian because Jesus won't have got it wrong, will he? So that's what I see playing over time and time again in people who believe in miracles and are believing for miracles and everything. And like I say, fabulous for the people who have been healed. Great, you know, but for the people who've died for the children who have died, for the people who have prayed earnestly, believing in the healing and haven't. I, you know, I I think sometimes I just want to stand up and cry. Do you know what, folks? This isn't how it works. There is not, right. there isn't a God who is Santa Claus dishing out miracles for you and, and your life. What there is, is a God who loves you and is with you and somehow in the in the darkest, desperate times of your life has promised to be with you. 
And I think that's how it would. Now, you know, if I was God, I might change my job description to Santa Claus and make sure I could distribute all the healing that was needed in the world. But to me, that doesn't seem to be how the cosmos works. But, uh, what do I know? Hey, and I'm not. Well, I, I, d I don't know. Well, I don't know what you know. I'm, I'm always interested to find out. <laughs> Quite often. Not a lot. Not as much as I thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it is a mystery. I, I, so it's one of these places where you have to kind of keep an open mind really and i don't want to i don't want mm. to kind of dismiss it but i do think it's it's not something that we see very often really no and our I, culture and i think you're right in terms of the the whole you know non-dual thinking don't make this a binary thing yes there are miracles or no there aren't i mean that's probably not a very satisfying sentence for some people but you know I, I think you're right when you say you remain open and everything. I think it's a miraculous world, a miraculous. I think the whole, the whole darn thing is a miracle. What I don't think is around is the necessarily the ability to conjure them up. But I think also don't beat yourself up mm. for not doing them either. You know, I think genuinely yeah, I, yeah. to take all those sayings about Jesus and and they're hard one. They're hard to understand. Mm. But you know, I have. I've genuinely prayed for things to happen and things mm. haven't happened. And I don't think that's my fault. Mm. You know, no, I don't think it was, I don't think it was through want of faith. Maybe, yeah. maybe it was, I don't know, but I didn't know how to have any more faith. Yeah. You know, if, if you yeah. can show me how to have more faith, I'll have it. Yeah. But, yeah, but sure. I, so I can't beat myself up about it. Should we just touch on prophecy a bit? Yeah, no, I want to talk about that because I feel like you've got something good to say about it. Yeah. Well, I, I knew you'd want to talk about it actually. Well, I sensed see, it. See, you just knew. How did you know that? <laughs> I can know. I mean, we must have talked about this before, because surely you've done the uh, Prophecy Today gag on the show. I know, I remember that. Yeah. So, that, so there used to be a magazine, didn't there, called yeah. Prophecy Today? Yeah. And I always used to wonder why it wasn't like, the, why they had the November month that magazine out when they should surely be having the March one out in advance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You yeah. should know what's happening. It was a monthly magazine. Why wasn't yeah. next year's out? <laughs> Exactly. And the same thing as walking down the road and you see a sign for a psychic fair and you think, why are you putting a sign up? <laughs> Surely I should just know, shouldn't I? She's just, if you're that good. Anyway, um, I think the thing about prophecy is, uh, it, just look at the biblical thing. Most biblical prophecy isn't predictive. That's what we often get mm. thought about, prophecy being yeah. predictive. Most biblical prophecy isn't predictive. It's much more political, actually, than predictive. Mm. It's much more prophets standing up and having a right go at somebody because of a current situation mm. or saying, look, if you carry on like this, this is what's Here's going to what's happen. Here's what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so I think actually an awful lot of prophecy, even stuff that Jesus says, for example, about, uh, you know, the fall of the temple. I've argued in some books, it didn't need to be a massive prophet to see what was going to happen. You knew exactly what Romans mm. did to, to cities who who fell out of favour mm. or tried to rebel. That one yeah. didn't take much prophecy. So... Uh, uh, the the thing about prophecy is that bit where people stand up and say, you know, I feel God is saying this. Mm. My fluffy bunnies, you're all lovely. Mm. You know, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> I get that one a lot. <laughs> do you? Well, I used, to, I used to sit in meetings and people would always stand up and say, I've got a word. Yeah. It was always quite nice. <laughs> yeah, it was. Now, it's not that I don't believe God is nice and good. We've talked about this in the yeah. gospel once, of course. It's just that every now and then I used to yearn for somebody to stand up and say... You know what? 
you all vile people. Just, you know, I hate your services. I hate your assemblies. I hate the worship songs. Very Amos. Seek, seek justice, you fat cows of Bashan. You know, I, that's what you want out of a prophet, isn't it? That would that'd be enough to, to get me back in church. <laughs> anyway, um... The thing is, so I think a lot of prophecy isn't, it's it's just what people feel they want to say to people at the time. Yeah, mm. that's what it is. It's just people saying, I'm saying an encouraging word or something like this, but they don't mm. feel confident enough in themselves so they put it to on say God. it. So they're going to say, I feel God is telling me to, is saying this to me. And I think that's okay. I don't have a problem with that. No. As long as nobody writes it down and sort of starts to found a new denomination on it, I think I can live with it. The one thing I don't think we do is we never test prophecy in terms of like you'll hear people stand up or I occasionally have people stand up saying, I think this is going to happen. Yeah. And then when it doesn't happen, nobody actually stands up because hang on, you know that bit where we talked about that? That didn't happen, did it? Yeah. So I do think that's a bit of a weakness. But mostly I think God is into collaboration and, and, and he likes working with people. And so if you have, if you have good thoughts, I, 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 share them i don't yeah, see there's any problem with exactly. that but you don't always have to sort of you, you you could feel confident enough and say i just think this yeah rather than have to say i think god is saying yeah. this to me maybe you do feel that maybe it does come in yeah. and you feel god is saying no, something not, to you yeah. but that's what i think anyway but but a more biblical prophet would sort of probably wear sackcloth and ashes and go and stand outside the houses of parliament and say look if you use Absolutely. a stupid algorithm to you know <laughs> think that you can pray you know that is unjust and yeah. bad things are going to happen and this government won't last long yes yes sort of thing. i think that's um i think there's a, a lot of biblical prophecy is yeah. about justice and about it's about obvious about people stating the obvious really or mm. actually it's also about challenging that thing about what um where how the powers that be just want yes men around them, yeah, and they just want the, you know, yeah, they just want to be told good things, and prophets often don't tell them good things, yeah, yeah, exactly, and that kind of prophecy I think I still think is around and it needs to be around more. But anyway, thank you. Well, we were asked to talk about miracles and prophecy, so we have. But as always, I no doubt whatsoever that the good listeners have. Better things to say than I, certainly, on that. Mm. So send in your emails to joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Love to hear your thoughts on miracles and prophecy and, you know, and also yeah. what we've said and where we got it wrong. Mm. People know, or right? If, or, or if you know what we're going to say. That would be good. I'd like to hear about that <laughs> exactly, as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and by that account, oh, please sorry. don't write in and just say Nick's going to call Joe a because we we know that's we know that's going to happen so that's not prophecy as i said so much of prophecy is just stating the obvious <laughs> anyway should we have another one then yeah so peter says this hi joe in episodes 116 and 117 that's going back nearly 10 episodes can i point out you were Ooh. talking about what we profess and what we believe and what you said about some of people without faith acting more christian than those with faith This is one of the real questions and debates I love about your podcast, Keep Them Coming. This is also one of the things I've been struggling with over this period. I hope the action and attitude I portray are Christ-like, but my faith struggles with understanding, feeling and seeing God's love. I've been questioning my faith since 2013. If God is so loving, 
Why does he leave you struggling so long? If my kids were having a naff time, I would hug and help them and show my love. I'm a really practical person and probably expect God to show his love in this practical way. I feel this people type have a harder time with faith over the creative feely people. He says, sorry, don't mean to offend with my description. He says, not being a reader and then he lists some books that he's bought and not read. He says, you know, I argue, does God only show his love to those who read? I don't believe this is the case. And then I get annoyed. Why do I not experience his love then I think I have a very comfortable life has God shown his love in giving this but then for those without comfort how do they experience God's love if God has poured out his spirit on all why do I not feel I've experienced this despite repeated asking over 30 years including all the classic 90s Toronto stuff appreciate these are classic mid-faith unanswerable questions but may provide some fodder for an episode so yeah he's he's asking that 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 question we get quite a lot actually you know and I think our gospels made clear how much God loves people but Mm. what do you say to people who are just not experiencing God's love yeah I think it's a really good question and I think as it says in the bible I want to know what love is I want you to show me Mm. Uh, Mm. I don't remember who said that I think it was said by a migrant or foreigner was it (laughs) (laughs) so so what do you what do you say to them Joe um Firstly, I, you know, as with all these things, no simple answers. There's, there's, there's a whole foundational bit of work to be done that goes right back to our narratives of God. And I think, you know, we've often said, we've often said, if you do that kind of word association thing, God, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? It's probably Zeus. It's probably that, mm. you know, it's probably a man, robed, bearded, wise, old, maybe judgmental and angry. We don't know hopefully loving and then if that's our image of god we wonder and we don't feel love we wonder well what's happened to that guy why isn't he showing love to me specifically and why is he because it's always a he isn't it why is he so silent when i'm desperate and and i think you know he put it really well if i see one of my kids you know needing a bit of love and attention you know or hurting i'm going to pick him up and hug him until they mm need no more and so i think that's i think it it goes back to our our real narratives about who and what god is now i want to say the absolute the absolute divine energy in the force is love that's that's you know that's what i truly believe that that the whole darn thing is dripping in love does that mean what life is one long party of gooey happy feelings no not at all no life we encounter struggle and difficulty and all those sort of things but actually if we can just learn sometimes to actually take a step back we would realize that every breath we have is a gift the fact that we're here is a gift there's grace around us but we delete these things because we've 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 built up an expectation of what love might feel like and look like and everything. What if what if God's love for you looks like the fact that you can just do this? What if God's love for you looks like you can taste and enjoy a meal, that you can hear a bird sing, that you can breathe the air, that you can see the colours of a tree, that you can do you know, what if that is what 
of what is what God's love looks like for you at this time. But we've just tuned that out because it doesn't match our expectations. So I think there's I don't think that's a total answer. I just think that's part of the jigsaw that is to do with expectations and narratives about God. So I might start there. So much of it, I think, is that word love is that we don't yeah. we, we've only got the one word. Yes. I mean, I don't want to get back to the classic cliche four words for love and all that kind of stuff. But we have only got the one word. So yeah. so it, it becomes associated with all kinds of um, stuff that maybe aren't isn't helpful. And I, mm. I mean, I don't love God in the same way as I love my wife. Mm. You know, I just I just don't. I can't. Yeah. Because he, he um, she, because well, let's call them both mm. her. No, both yeah. of the she's. She's not. Yeah. She's not visible. One she yeah. is visible, and the other she isn't. You know. Yeah. And so I don't have that. And I think that a lot of us end up feeling guilty because we can't. We're told we have to love Jesus in this way, love God in this way. Yeah. And I don't think you. I think very very few people can actually really do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think the definition of love I always find most helpful. I got it from my our friend, mutual friend Trevor, but I don't know whether it's a yeah. Dallasism. Is you know to love someone is to to want the very best for them. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a more helpful thing for me to understand the mm. way that God loves me. Mm. Um, so I don't need to necessarily feel all the time as though someone is hugging me from that point of view but i do need to feel that god mm. is is on my side in the yes. in the best way you know yeah. not, not, yeah. not when i'm not 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 in battle or that kind of stuff but mm. behind but wants the very best for me mm. uh, and and i suppose it links in what we were just saying about miracles as well because i think the world is full of much more free will than we are taught mm. often and therefore mm. sometimes the very best for me can't just happen in that way it doesn't, you know, what God wills and wants doesn't happen in that way because other mm. people's will gets in the way. Um, mm. So I think that very much the sort of we we mustn't yeah. impose our sort of emotional kind of view, as it were, of love, yeah. which is quite a modern view, on the biblical account, which yeah. is which is actually quite different. Their view of love would have been very different to ours mm. um, in that respect. Mm. Do you think it's possible? for us to change our feelings you know if someone is feeling like unloved by god mm. Mm. and 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 if they're saying that's a feeling i feel unloved um is it possible to change those feelings is there something we can do to change well, those feelings yeah i i think that's a great question because uh, obviously it depends on the circumstances. I think the first thing is to, catch, to detach the idea that God is doing things to you. Because mm. that's often why we feel unloved by God is because yeah. so much of our life is crap, and it's yeah, exactly, and 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 yeah. all kinds of bad things are happening. You think why doesn't God? Why doesn't yeah, God love exactly. me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think if you, you know, as if you detach the idea that, that I don't think God is doing that stuff to you. I don't think God micromanages no. in that way. So. So yeah, that's not what's happening. It's very helpful. So Thanks. then you can say, well, what is my attitude towards God? And mm. it can be very honest still, mm. but um, you could still have the idea that God really fundamentally wants mm. the best for me. And therefore, how do I how do I respond to that in these mm. circumstances? I think as well is if you can't feel that you're loved by God, you can still show other people what God's love is like, mm. even though you can't feel it yourself by loving them. Mm. And again, that's an act of will. That again, that I don't. Nobody, very, very few people wake up in the morning, and thinks, feel full of love for the human race. Mm. 
Most of yeah. us have to sort of grit our teeth and say, I'm going to be nice to people mm. today, including the bloke who tried to sell me double glazing earlier. Mm. You know, um, we, don't, we don't naturally feel that way. Yeah. So so it's uh, maybe to take the, more helpful yeah. in a way to take the emotion out of it, if we can. I don't have any answers yeah. on that, but I th- I'm, no. I'm just sort of throwing stuff out here, really. No, no, but I, I, I think you're right, and I think you brought us back to narratives about God. I mean, how many times have I had conversations with people who say they're atheists and you go okay tell me what happened and they went well my mum died when I was 12 years old thank you very much I do not believe in God because God would have said yeah because the automatic assumption is God's job description is to stop all bad things happening and all the while that's your narrative about God I'm afraid God is going to disappoint you I don't think that God exists personally but, no, well, it's what you were saying about the Santa Claus it, it's God, a, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. I, I, I just don't. And that's why I find I have a lot in common with atheists, because you know, we're all agreed that God really can't exist mm, in mm. this world and universe. Um, but what I think we can do from there, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say we'll practice some disciplines, because that's not good news for someone who doesn't feel loved by God, is it? But I, I, I do think that one can get in harmony with the loving flow of the universe. Here's what I mean. So here's a here's a practical thing. And I'm, I'm afraid I'm back on my pet subject of kindness. Go and do something gratuitously kind mm. for someone. I mean, I mean, this might look like, I don't know, the next time someone tries to sell you double glazing, say, I'm really not interested in double glazing, but I would love to give you this extremely nice bottle of wine. Or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, or I reject that. That is false prophecy. <laughs> no, I will not go down but, that route. <laughs> but seriously, do something outrageously kind for someone. Not because of what you'll get in return. I do it secretly. Better, you know, don't even tell anyone else about it. Just go and do something and see what happens to you. That's mm. all I'm going to say about mm, that. That's, I, a good, do, that's a really good thought. Act in a way that you think you would like God to act with you you know if you if you're feeling guilty go and forgive someone if you're feeling like unloved go and be gratuitously loving to someone and and just see what happens to you in the process of doing it i'm not saying Mm. this is cause and effect i'm not saying you should do it for what you get out of it i'm just saying do it do Mm. it because it's right do it because it's good and then just kind of notice what happens and i think the other thing you could do and again like you say disciplines is not very helpful no, work because it makes it sound like terrible but these work. are really exercises in friendship or exercises mm. in developing this idea of god as as a loving god um and grounding that the other thing you can do is find something that you do love enjoy it and give thanks to god for it mm. and act as though it's a gift from him or yeah. her yeah, yeah you know excellent. so um just whether that we talked i talked about rembrandt earlier to sit in front mm. of those paintings and those drawings and and give thanks to God for the ability. Humans have the ability to do this stuff. Yeah, amazing. This and is it, interesting. And it changes your picture of God, doesn't it, as somebody who yeah. who is giving good things. Yeah. And it, if you, you know, it's back to, I mean, we're bringing it right back to basics here, I feel, in this episode. You know, love, love God and love your neighbour as yourself. It's the golden rule, everyone. And if you're not sure whether God loves you, and if you're not sure how to love God, then, well, you can be sure about how to love your neighbour. Find out what they like and do something good for them. Hmm. There you go.
Well, those are two sort of really meaty topics, weren't they? They were. And, and, you know, I'm sure we will, as always, think of much better things that we could have said the minute we closed the microphone off. So mm. humble apologies for that. Um, but thank I, you for the brilliant people who write these just really thought-provoking, heartfelt emails in like we've got answers you know we've we just we've been walking this road how long have you been like loving god me yeah is it like all your life more than seven <laughs> i don't know what well who is it um said oh uh, uh, peter in the last email said i've been questioning my faith since 20, 2013 yeah sure lightweight <laughs> I've been yeah. questioning my faith since about 1961 <laughs> yeah. but, but anyway no so, i mean I, yeah. I don't think uh, that is it. I, I don't know. I don't know how how, no. I, how to to love God in that way. I just don't know how I've, I've tried. But I think that I'm moving towards liking yeah. God. Yeah, and I think that's probably me too. quite helpful. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. And I think God likes us. Mm. Yeah, I do. Really do. And and so we can offer that out to other people, can't we? With that with that foundation. But um, yeah. Thank you. I mean, genuinely, these are wonderful questions. We really appreciate it. Keep them coming in. And, uh, you know, we'll ramble on. We don't do it as experts. We just do it as people who've been trying to do this stuff for over 40 years. Well, anyway, and, uh, yeah, I'm quite tired now. So I think in a few weeks' time, I'm going to need to take three weeks off. <laughs> Great. That's all right. Yeah. You do that <laughs> if you need to. <laughs> Listen, I, we'll be back next week, I think. We will. I'm, I'm quite confused about the calendar now. But we'll yeah. be back next week uh, with some more meaty topics, I suppose. And yeah, um, yeah and thanks yeah. ever so much for listening. Yeah, thank you. See you soon. 